0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Stay Paid. My name is Sefton Eisenhardt and with me as always is Reminder Media Company President Luke Acrey. and I am very excited to announce the permanent residency of our new co-host, the Vice President of Marketing. You've heard him on previous episodes, Joshua Stike. Now today we are going to be talking about the top of the funnel. In previous episodes we talked about landing pages, which is where Josh proved his immense value, which is why we decided to bring him on full time. But at the same time, we wanted to talk about what you need to do once you get those leads. We talked about landing pages. We talked about attracting the consumer. But what do you do when you actually have the lead? You have the contact information. And how many times should you reach out to them before you give up? And one stat that I'll start out with, which is that the average salesperson is only following up 1.3 times. And if you want to distinguish yourself from all your peers, all your competition... What you have to do is you have to follow up. And it can be a little difficult to just tell somebody, hey, go and follow up. Follow up relentlessly. Because as a salesperson, you don't exactly know how to go about doing that. And that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode. Because if you follow up six times instead of just 1.3 times, you literally increase the likelihood of you're getting that prospect on the phone to 90%. And if you want a way, a simple, clear-cut way to distinguish yourself from the competition, I would say that it all boils down to follow-up. Yeah, don't give me on my soapbox. My
1: soapbox is, it's like the problem with every salesperson out there in the world. And all of you listening to this right now, if you're in sales, you know this to be true for yourself as well, because we all suffer from it, is how many leads do you have in your database right now, in your CRM, that have not gotten a call from you in the past 90 days? And that's incredibly, incredibly destructive to your business. And I think one of the things that I always has resonated with me, because we mostly work with real estate agents, is like with real estate, you know, they always said the key for real estate is location, location, location. For me, the key to leads is follow up, follow up follow-up and where we fall down most of the time in sales. And when we get a lead off the internet, we talked last time about how you get that lead, how you design the landing page to get that lead. When you get that lead, What are some of the principles? What are some of the things you need to be aware of to do to structure your business so it's scalable, it's systematic, and ultimately it closes more conversions for you and closes those leads? I want to read some stats for you that blew me away. Um, You know, I've heard them before. You guys have probably heard them before, but it's always good to remind yourself. Average response time for an internet lead is 44 hours. But yet, if you respond within the first five minutes, you've increased your chances of reaching that person, according to inside sales, upwards of 400%. Mm -hmm. But the average response time is 44 uh, hours when you look at, I think they surveyed a couple thousand different hours. 44 hours. Yeah, so it's crazy. I ordered food Uh, and
0: I waited 44 hours. I was very (laughs) disappointed.
1: (laughs) Think of that in your own life, though. I mean, how many times have you actually filled something out? where they haven't gotten in touch with you. I just did it recently for a networking group I wanted to be a part of. uh, The CEO networking group, I entered it and I thought they forgot about me. And I just got an email this morning from that, I guess, the managing principal of this group. And I'm sure they charge you money to be part of this group. So it's just amazing how my... I guess thought process of who they are now is a lot less. So my brand impression of who they are is a lot less and my interest level is down. I had forgotten about it. It was in the moment. I heard about it from a friend. This is a great networking group. It's a bunch of CEOs in this area. You should be a part of it. Um, I think it's called C12 or something like that. So not to blast them up, I still might be a part of it.
2: But the point (laughs) being is look at what it did in my mind to them because they failed to respond. Yeah, and there's two things I think that people are hesitant about making that call that quickly, right? If, If you're The person getting the lead, and um, you know you're you're looking at it saying, "Well, I don't want to call them within two minutes because they may think that I'm it's Big Brother, right?" And 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 so there's two things to think about there. Uh, Number one, um, it's it's showing them if it comes up, right? It's showing them that this is what you can do for their correct. This is the
1: tenacity that you bring to the table. Yeah, right.
2: And then the the other thing is is that um, you know people are are used to uh, getting that kind of response in the and that immediacy in the internet age. So if they're on their oh, computer and they are filling out that form, they want the information right, right away. now and they're going to be available, they're going to be sitting there usually at their computer or on their mobile phone ready to take they're not going to be driving. You know, how many times have you called a lead that and they're and the excuses that they're driving. Now you know, okay, they're Hopefully, yep. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully. Or if yeah.
0: they are driving They probably don't care About taking a phone
1: call yeah, And they lie to you yeah. You know You can tell The pull decided to right. the But that's a great point I heard um, from I guess it was a realtor I can't remember his name But he gave this great point That you need to first give your, your prospect, your lead, the information they requested yeah. before you interrogate them. And I right. think the mistake we make in our follow-up phone calls, when we get a lead, when we reach out right away, we're immediately trained from the Zig Ziglar's of the world. And I love Zig Ziglar and stuff like that. But it's, you, know, you want to do this discovery call where you're asking questions, asking, right. you know, if it's real estate, you know, hey, what's your time frame? When are you looking to buy? Or when are you looking to sell? How, what's your price range? What location do you want to be in? So your constantly interrogating, but in this day and age, and I think we've seen this shift, is that when you get a lead in, you first almost need to answer and give them what they want, Mm -hmm. so then you can come back around and start the interrogation, start the discovery call process. Here's the next stat that blew me away, was 50% of leads are qualified but not ready to buy. So this is an extremely important stat. When you think about your follow-ups, when you get a lead... You know, one I've heard from, I think it was Kevin Ward that said it, is that it's truly not a lead till you get them in a conversation, till you get them on the phone. All it is is a bunch of data that you've gotten. So you got to reach out. But 50% of leads are qualified, but not ready to buy. But the mistake is... Everybody is trying to go after their hot leads and focusing on their hot leads, and they forget about their qualified leads. They forget about the long – that there's so much gold, I guess you would say, in these leads that are qualified but not ready to buy in the next 90 days that how much in your – I guess you call them your trash leads right now, how many deals do you have sitting there that you have failed to follow up with these people because when you got them on the phone and when you interrogated them and did the discovery call, you felt they weren't ready to buy, so now you haven't dripped on them. And we're gonna get to that because I wanna talk about focusing on the top of your funnel and then talking about a schedule, putting a schedule in place for your follow-up, but I thought that was an incredible stat. 65% of companies don't nurture leads. Only 25% of salespeople make two contact attempts. And then it was crazy. It requires eight follow-up attempts just to qualify a lead. 80% of all transactions require five to 12 follow-ups. You know, I can quote these stats all day, but I want to speak from experience in our own business. We see our social media leads that we get off of Facebook primarily being 10 to 13 calls. 10 Mm -hmm. to 13 calls for us to actually get a deal through calling these social media leads. So yes, I can read these stats that have come from surveys and stuff like that. But in my own business, I've found that to be true. And I think if you want to say something, you can. But I think the main point I want to make first is focusing on the speed to the lead, like your need for speed. I think that's the first point, tangible action item you need to write down for your business is that the key when you get a lead off a landing page, the first key is your speed to contacting that lead. Because if you can contact them, like I read earlier, within five minutes, you've increased your chances of 400%. But in real estate, specifically for all my realtors listening to this, 78% of clients, 78% of prospects, I should say, choose the first realtor that reaches out to them. Right. So you, if you can get there and actually get there first and get the, I guess, the conversation from offline to, to more personal, to where you can get it out of the point where they might choose another agent, you have a 78% chance to win that lead if you get there first. And What I have found in my own business is that where a lot of people fail is that they focus on the ready to buy leads, not the qualified leads as well, not the top of their funnel. And if you focus on fine tuning the top of your funnel, that's where you just get the lead. They're at the top of that funnel where you go in and you actually try to get there as fast as you can. If you try to fine tune your intros, your scripts, and targeting those top of the funnel people to get better engagement and better, I guess, appointment setting rates, what happens is your ratio of how many deals you close exponentially grows because just a 20% change in the top of your funnel can result in a 40% change in your actually closed deals. Right. And so. Instead of when you go in and you're first there and you're trying to interrogate them and you're trying to get the qualified buyer actually focus on getting the top of your funnel to get better contact rates with all of your leads, better appointments set with all of those leads, not just the ones that are ready to buy. And that's going to change your ratio of actually closed deals double, if not triple, because of just the effects. Because when you're funneling down, it's obviously going to have a huge impact.
2: Yeah. And I mean, just to kind of talk about what what does that nurture look like, right? You mentioned when you get those leads in, but they're not ready to buy right away, you're still first to contact, right? Well, what does that nurture then look like? How are you delivering uh, content that they're going to continue engaging with? And then what you want to think about is it's not just so the entertaining content, the informational content, all of that is great, it's going to keep that relationship It's going to keep you top of mind. But make sure that you're sprinkling in Business minded qualification content as well. So, what I mean by that is if you're putting together ebooks, if you are putting together blog posts or newsletters. And within that content, you have things for first time home buyers, you have things for empty nesters, you have things for these different demographics within whatever your business is, then you're going to look at what they're engaging with. You're going to look at what they're kind of um, reaching back out and saying, like, I want more information on this. And it's just going to help you know, OK, what's that next conversation going to look like? What's that next A step in our relationship. It's going to help you qualify them. Right. Yeah,
1: giving them, it goes back to the point of you got to. We're in a day and age, although we've probably always been there, we just haven't been educated enough from a statistical standpoint. But we're in a day and age where people want their answers, Uh, they don't want what you want to give them. They want what they asked for. So Just if they tell want. Tell me
2: what to do. Correct. Right. If they want an appointment to see a home, <laughs> right. then
1: get them the appointment to see the home, then come back around and ask them, you know, hey, what are you looking for price range wise? What are you looking for bedroom yeah. right We All are not
2: lacking access to information anymore. Correct. Right. So it is, it helped me make the decision. That's a great See, That's a great point is that maybe
1: in, you know, years and years ago, they couldn't even get any information. So they reach out to you for information gathering. Right. Today's day and age, when they reach out, to you when they fill out a form on your website they want what they asked for that's why they reached out they want and so you have to provide that to them and that really leads me into i guess uh, the second major point which is you need to develop some type of schedule for every lead you get mm-hmm. off of the web and you know I don't have a magic schedule. And in our own business, we're constantly evolving them and changing them. Even the ones that I thought worked before aren't working this year. And so I'm changing them. So if you're listening to this podcast, hoping that I'm going to lay out for you the magic schedule, it's probably not going to happen. It would be neat. And maybe we can do this. We can put on statepaidpodcast.com, you know, kind of one of our scheduled drip campaigns. I think we call it the eight by eight, where if someone raises their hand, you know, we will hit them eight different times over eight weeks to build that mindshare. So give you an example, but the key here that I want to make is that you need to look at your business right now and you need to go, if I get a lead off the internet, what is my systematic schedule that happens when I get that lead? Because most leads, think about this, most leads are not contacted within 44 hours. What if you just put a simple email That goes out when they request something or a simple text message that says, hey, got your got your request. Right. We'll be uh, in touch with you within X amount of time. A few minutes to
2: talk. When can we talk? Correct. Just one question. If you're not asking questions in your marketing, you know, you have to be asking those questions because it's not it's not just. Demanding um, information or action from your from your recipients, from your prospects, from your leads. It's including them in the decision yeah, it's making how can process. I help. How can I? Yeah. How can we get on the phone? How can we uh, have a conversation about this? And that really is, you know, when you get that lead in, that is your next step as a as a service based sales professional. Your next step is I need to meet this person. Mm-hmm. Then once you get that meeting, then that kicks off a whole new series of all right. Well, now what am I doing after that meeting and this just met group? Um, That's really kind of where you should be spending the majority of your budget from the standpoint of getting them to that client stage, to that transaction signed on as someone that you're representing. Um, And then that's where something like the eight by eight would really come in in handy because there is, um, it's a little, it's gonna be a little bit more expensive and you're gonna be delivering items of value, either physical or digital to that person to stay top of mind throughout the course of those eight weeks. Your conversion rate on getting them to a client will increase if you're doing that systematically. So, I think, you know, when I look at um, what we're
1: even doing here, you know, the thing I love about being able to automatically send them a text or email is just that, is that it's automated. And as you grow your business, you're going to have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of leads. And so, if you can think about your lead nurturing, your follow ups in terms of a system that you can automate to have it done in the background, and you can use email templates, and maybe in another episode, we'll talk about writing an email for follow up and what that should look like and how you can template it out and the tone of voice and stuff you want to use but if you can actually automate those things it gives you more time for the most important but giving you kind of an example so we have a lead come in we want to reach out within five minutes so it immediately goes to our floor right so we immediately place a phone call within five minutes if we don't get that person on the phone what happens is we're leaving a voicemail for them and the key to our voicemail is we're letting them know we're going to follow back up hey sorry I missed you got your request that type of idea I'll reach out to you if I don't hear back from you I'll reach out for you later on in the day we have that voicemail go then we send an email then later on in the day we're following up again so there is your schedule right there so every lead should go through that schedule boom they immediately get a phone call within five minutes they get an email if we don't answer in a voicemail then all of a sudden we call back in an, you know, two to four hours depending on where the sales rep's at in their day so you need to think about it in terms of days and then when going back to what you mentioned earlier on the show uh, Sefton which is this idea of the contact rates where you know now that the average sales caller is making 1.3 attempts, but yet you can increase your chance of getting them on the phone, what'd you say, 93? 90 percent, 96 times. There you go, six times, ninety percent. So track all your schedule out to those six calls. The, build a schedule that goes, hey, look, I'm going to on the first day within the first five minutes, I'm gonna call them one time. Then I'm gonna send them an email, then I'm gonna follow up and call them two to four hours later. Then on day three, I'm gonna hit them another call. Yeah. Then maybe on day four, I'm just going to send them an email, which this touches on another point, which you need to use multiple streams or multiple mediums, I guess, is a better way uh, where you can actually blitz attack them, where you get text. Text is open 98% of the time, where emails, I think on average, they're saying like 20% of the time. Um, it's a stat that I read in a comparison kind of article, but you need to hit them in multiple different mediums, but map out that journey over the course of, for us, we usually do the course of like 30 days. We'll hang on to a lead for 30 days before we go, okay, this lead kind of goes into the- well, we'll hang on to it in our call queue. Yes, in our call queues for our sales reps. Our sales reps will hang on to it for about 30 days trying to get them on the phone. Now, you guys, I'm saying six times we will call, I hate to say it, but like 20, 30 times because I've never in my experience, now we've been doing phone calls for years and years and years. I have not in my experience when I've called somebody and blasted them, have them pick up the phone in my gut and in my mind, I'm kind of like, yeah, I hope they don't (laughs) blow up on me. I hope they don't get mad at me. But they always are like, "Hey, sorry, I haven't called yeah. you back. I know, yeah, I got your voicemail. Sorry, haven't called you. Thanks for keeping on touch with them. Like they are happy
2: that right. I've well, continued they, to call them. I mean, these people reached out to you, right? I mean, these are they—they're looking for more information, like you mentioned earlier. They're looking for an answer to their question. So you do have to be persistent." With that, another um, trick that I know that we've used and 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 our listeners here can use this as well if you haven't already is the double dial. So during that first yeah. call, right, we have a caller that calls it the sneak sneak, the sneak sneak. Right, <laughs> so it's <clears throat> the psychology behind it's awesome. If you're getting if you're getting to that lead within the first five minutes. Uh, and they see a number on their phone that they don't recognize what do you do let you it go to voicemail you to go to voicemail Don't leave a voicemail call right back yep. right people are in, are tuned to say oh this must be something important even though I don't yep. recognize the number let me check it out now again, I would not do this on cold calling if you're just calling the phone book you know you right. don't want to be abusive you want to respect um, you know do not call list and all of that. But if someone has reached out to you and is looking for more information from your business, you know, you need to break through that barrier that's answering that phone and that's one way to do it. And then making sure that if you're not getting them that first time that you are, like you said, there's other touch points, there's other callbacks happening within that first day. That it's not like, Oh, I didn't get them today, the let me try two days later. It's it's minute five, it's hour yep. one, it's hour four, and then okay, now they're and then multiple mediums. So today. then you
1: call them, then going. you send them an email. Right. maybe you send them a text. I love that I love the sneak sneak. It increases, I think, stat-wise, it increases your chances of getting him on the phone 18% is, yeah. I think, what Grant Cardone put down. It's just, You're literally just calling him back a second time because when you see that number, it just makes you go, man, this person's really trying to get a hold of me. It must be something important. Right? It is. We're about to change your business. You We're think about it's an
0: to. ER doctor or something <laughs> calling you. <laughs>
1: That's what it is. So I think another here's another point to focus on is that, yes, you set up your schedule, and in setting up your schedule, you need to think of the timing, of your follow-up because here's something I learned in my experience working with my brother in real estate is specifically for Zillow leads. So I know a lot of you guys are probably groaning at Zillow leads, realtor.com leads. I've been there. I've done that. It, you know, you get a lot of leads that you're like, these leads just suck. Mm. But what we found really impacted us in our lead nurturing was the time of day we called. So we found that we were getting no one on the phone and we were calling in the afternoon time around 11 between 11 and 1 and we were getting no one on the phone. It didn't seem like these were qualified buyers all that good stuff when we moved it to being calling after dinner. We started getting tons of people on the phone. Which makes
0: sense because people are at work.
1: Yep. And here I am, you know, claiming to be a sales professional, right? Frustrated, (laughs) saying Zillow sucks. And all of a sudden, we just change our perspective and go, wait a second. Let's just think about this logically and think about the time you call people. And that's why the five minutes is so important. It's not about the five minutes. It's about the logic that they are still in the mindset of wanting that product that they are potentially still at their computer looking at it, still have their phone right by them to answer it with that mindset. That's the real key. It's not really even about the five minutes. It's just about getting them in the right time.
0: Yeah, we always talk about attention span. And you know that if you call them within five minutes, you have already captured their attention because their attention came to you. So that's where that comes in. They might not even be able to pick up because maybe they're at their computer and they're not in a position where they can pick up the phone. But reaching out is going to make your name top of mind automatically and associate it with that need right off the bat. Interesting point. This is from insidesales.com. The best day to call is Thursday
1: is what they say. So, you know, that's I don't know if I can buy that across the board for every industry. I think it just varies so much, whether you're calling consumer or B2B. I mean, I, I think it varies so much, but it's just interesting. So when you're thinking about your day to set it
2: up, yeah. try Thursday. So. Can I offer the action item for this one? Yeah, yeah. Yes. It. The action item for this podcast, sit down, write out that phone call schedule, yep, that the schedule. follow-up schedule. Look at it in terms of the first five minutes that lead comes in. Write out what you're going to commit to for a week to follow up with your leads and then track your progress. See how that works, calculate how many people you get to an appointment and and then look back at that and determine where can I tweak, where can I improve and see if that's working for your business. You're, get,
1: you're getting in touching on one of the best points of lead follow up, mm-hmm. which is the tracking. Because the tracking's going to help you twofold in my mind. One, is if you have the alert set properly where you can test That's hey, Sefton, I sent him an email, he opened the email, I can call again and it's another five minute moment, right? So I can create those moments And then the second is you get it determine, does it actually freaking work? So how many of you are listening to this podcast that in your business you're doing these things and you really have no idea? You really have no idea where the lead came from, did it work because you called on Tuesday, did you not? And it's because you haven't systematized it and you haven't put in pen to paper and said, I'm gonna commit to this system to track and see if it works. So that is such a critical point when it comes to your lead nurturing and your follow-up is you have to track these things to understand understand your conversion rates, and then understand your success rates. So I think another point that I want to make when it comes to your lead nurturing, and I touched on it, was this idea that, yes, you want to be consistent in the beginning. You want to have speed, right? You want to follow up with people in the beginning. And I think a lot of business professionals actually tend to do that decently well. Their tenacity, I think they've been hearing it now in the industry for a long time. I don't think we're saying anything new to people listening to this. But where I think a lot of people fall down, and this is what we've seen in our own careers, is in that long term where you reach out to somebody not just for 30 days. You're reaching out to them 180 days, 12 months. They go into the, you know, I guess, a drip land. So we haven't talked about drips necessarily, but, you know, you go, you take them through your follow-up, which is the – at first, you know, they're a hot lead, and then they get into this other phase where, you know, there's only so many times you can call somebody mm-hmm. and say, I got your lead request. Oh, right. And, yeah. you know, can you I got help your you to you? Are you ago. looking to buy or sell right now? Are you looking to purchase my product? And I think we touch on this in our own business is content can help you bridge that gap. Right. This is where content really comes in for your business mm-hmm. to really help you extend out that 12 months in, in forever, ultimately, to where they either buy or die. Um, but, yeah. you know, it extends out that content of using content as a way to keep in front of people and keep dripping on people.
2: Well, and then if you have that point where if you're keeping track of your prospects and leads that are coming in, go back and look at leads that have sat there for the last year, right? Put together an email, write a simple email that just says, are you still interested in X? You won't believe how many people will respond to that simple of an email will tell you yes or no embrace the no now you know that you don't have yeah to you want the no. right take that no and then and then every yes that you get or every well i'm still thinking about it that lets you know okay how much time should i be investing in these particular leads at that point but don't let those old internet leads die you know make sure that you're bringing them back up that you're keeping in touch with them with the content and nurturing them in that way but then also that you're putting those qualifying questions out there.
1: Yeah, I mean, this gets into ultimately when I think about like content is, it it ultimately always leads me to relevant stuff. Like relevancy, I guess, is the key. And, And I have talked about this on webinars before. I really think this rings true consistently year over year, but I really feel it's the focus now. When we're inundated with technology, we're inundated with advertising. The key to your lead nurturing is the relevancy of what you deliver to that client. So when you think of your landing page and how you got that lead, you should have designed that landing page with a specific message in mind so you know the state of what that person wants and where they're at on some form of a journey. So then when you look at your lead nurturing, you can now place your content Specific to that Your messaging And your scripts Specific to that journey Specific to that person Because that ultimately Is what's going to keep them In the funnel And not dying And they actually might Turn around to buy And you hear this all the time From realtors You hear this all the time From many, many businesses Even out on our sales floor We have followed up With people for years And they have bought uh, for years, so so the mistake, making the mistake
2: that you don't drip on somebody and I, follow up. I with have them these years. campaigns that will track, and I'll go back and look at things from Memorial Day promo a year and a half ago. Correct, yeah. You just and sale saying, will come in this week from there, and it's like oh, that's beautiful because it means that we kept in touch with them. It means yep. that it, it it works. Yep. It's not going to capture everybody, but you're going to funnel out the people that are just no longer interested and you're going to have that opportunity to make that sale for your business, which ultimately is going to mean more revenue, more income for you and lead to the goals that you want to accomplish.
1: Right, so let's wrap this up because I think we've covered a lot of good points here that you can apply to your lead nurturing and just some major ones that I want to touch on for you guys. Again, just to summarize is that, you know, the average response time for internet leads 44 hours. So the need for speed so, think of your leads. If you're not calling within five minutes, you need to be calling within five minutes. You need a- Put a poster p- on your office wall. Yes. I got a need
0: for speed. Need for speed.
1: Actually, we should create that poster.
0: All right. Hey, <laughs> Sefton, we should
1: create that poster. Need we for speed We could do sales. if you're not
0: first, you're last. Yeah. <laughs> but The problem is we keep this copyright infringement thing where we keep taking other things that
1: already exist. <laughs> but, uh, so, the need for speed, critical. Different mediums, the blitz effect. Critical. So you need to be texting, emailing, phone calling, even we didn't get really into mailers, but even mailers, right, to make that impact. Then you have this idea that look, not all leads are ready to buy. 50% are not, but they're still qualified. So this idea that when you reach out to these people, doing it in such a way to understand that, hey, I not only want the ones that are ready to buy today, and that's not just going to be my focus. My focus is going to be on getting these 50% that are just qualified leads into my funnel, which leads to the next point, which was the action item from this podcast is, if you don't have a call process or a lead nurturing process, I should say, because it's gonna involve emails and text. if you don't have a lead nurturing process, that's your action item for this week. Sit down, write out what happens when that lead comes in, and then map out the next 20 to 30 days, and say what happens every day for the next 20 to 30 days that I'm going to do sending to these people, communicating with these people to allow them to obviously Funnel down to where I can actually get an appointment with them, get them face-to-face and close them. Another point was use content to extend your ability to reach out to them. There's only so many times you can ask them to buy. So use content as a way to extend your time. And then think about your timing. When you're reaching out to these people, think about your timing to affect your impact.
0: There you have it, folks. There are some good top of the funnel strategies to bring in more leads and to turn those leads into clients. I'm super excited to welcome Josh Stike as a permanent host here on the podcast. It's going to make my job a lot easier, and I know it's going to make this podcast a whole lot better. And thank you, as always, to Reminder Media Company president, Luke Akery.
1: Yeah, thank you guys so much. And as I always close, take action on writing down that lead lead nurturing follow-up system. That's your action item. Take action on that this week. The difference between a top producer and a mediocre agent is top producers take action.